I'm Tiffany Josephs. Welcome to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. I believe this is the most auspicious time on the planet to create a vibrant, soul-satisfying lifestyle, and I'm here to be your guide. Each week, we'll chat about inner life, personal style, creating work that lights you up, and all other ways to bring magic into your everyday life. Your life from the magic carpet starts now. Hi everyone, welcome to Magic Carpet Life, your weekly wonder trip into the infinite discovery of who you are. I'm your host and guide, Tiffany Josephs, and I am here to romance the world to a higher love. Why are you here? Have you thought about it? Have you written it down? Have you shouted it from the rooftops? Well, this is your time. The world has never been more ready to receive your unique magic, and you can think of me as your cosmic cheerleader on your path to discovering just how true that is. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hello. Hello. Today on the big blue couch, I have a magnificent woman, the queen of happy style, Miss Mandy Strait. Mm -hmm. And I am going to read Mandy's bio to you, for you, so that you can know what she's up to. And then we're going to dig in and have some fun. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy that you're here, by the way, because the last time you were in my house, we were chatting wallpaper. (laughs) And I still have not, I still have not taken the plunge to decide I'm afraid that as soon as it goes up I'm gonna want to take it down Mm -hmm. and it's a lot harder to take down wallpaper than it is to like move a picture around so so here's my that I have a thought yes okay good good perfect free advice by Manny Strait yeah um I want to share with you why she was in my house um teaching me all things wallpaper because of this who she is Mandy has been referred to as the colorful sheep in the family I love that. Your mom. My mom. That's That's my mom. mom. Yes, it is. The colorful sheep in the family, an onion peeler, a purpose seeker, a super nerd with an insatiable curiosity for life who truly believes that Einstein teaches us as much about ourselves as Chanel. A lot of women might have other opinions about that, but yes. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, Chanel, yeah. <laughs> As an interior designer, her 15 years of professional work focuses not on the stuff in each room, but on the life that it facilitates and the future it inspires for each individual client. She also has an online program called Design Your Happy Place and is creating a group design coaching call, totally love this, mm-hmm. called, which you call the interior is it DOC or doc? Interior doc, like Interior doctor. Doc. Like I'm your doctor. I, I need like a little stethoscope, you know, ah. that I can take funny pictures with. And I might just go to Target and buy a kid's stethoscope. I sure. think that would be really funny. Okay, I love that muse. <laughs> yeah. Are you no. going to wear the white lab coat? Oh, yeah, maybe. But then with a like, good necklace and with, good shoes. With the bobble necklace. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. The DOC stands for designer on call. Right. Don't forget to check out her TED Talk, which is amazing. We're totally going to talk about your TED Talk, cool. um, about her theory of visual mantra. Mm-hmm. So that's you. That's me. Isn't it hard to write a bio? Oh, my God. It's so hard. And what's funny is <clears throat> on my website, I have three paragraphs. Yes, <laughs> And of you course. said, well, you can give me a bio if it helps. And I was like, yeah, because then I won't have to talk about all of it. And I went to send it to you, and I thought, 
this is just way too long. And so cutting, even cutting it down from three paragraphs to one was just, I was like, what do I really need here? Yeah. So painful. But I love this. I think that this really energetically matches how I've experienced you. Mm -hmm. And I, there's so many things I, we are going to explore today. Yeah. We have so much to talk about. You, I loved when you walked into my house just now because you do what I do. You're like this looking all around and you see all of the shiny candy and you're like, oh, that's new and that's new and that's new. When I go, how do we not be ADD when we're in friend spaces and people that that share this frequency? I think think maybe we allow for just a few minutes of ADD. Maybe we don't say we're not supposed to be. We just say we're going to be ADD and just give me a second. Let me, and and you know what's beautiful, here's what's beautiful about that is that um, I think it's really important to have an entry space Um, Mm. because our minds literally need a transition and you're actually, your house is built with one because you come from the the driveway and there's this little sort of portico over, you know, arch that you're walking through. And so the distance between the arch to your front door acts as its own entry for you. I love that. And it allows for us to say, okay, I was here. I'm going to move into a new space and it lets our minds transition. And it's really, really important. So, you know, maybe even after we enter friends' homes or any homes or restaurants, which I do Another thing, yes. um, Is that we just allow ourselves a second to transition and say, I'm going to absorb where I am and the energy of that and and how that affects me and what I think about it, even if it's negative. um, Because an awareness of it helps us to, even if I say, wow, I really hate something, um, you know, I really hate that paint color, then it's easier for my brain to say, okay, Rather than me like resisting, oh, oh, something's wrong and not knowing what it is. Interesting. Yeah. And it's subtle. So mm-hmm. so whether or not somebody considers themselves an energetically sensitive person. Right. We have words for this now, like mm-hmm. I'm an empath and I'm a, you know, highly sensitive person, you know, HI. It's like we all are affected oh, by the are. aesthetic in a space. Yes. And yeah. that's what I love about your work and about your TED talk. And about your bio, especially the part about being a super nerd, how you combine these sensitivities into aesthetics. Mm -hmm. So when did you, here's your first question. You ready? Yeah, ready. When did you first know you were a super nerd? Oh my God. Um, You know, I mean, that goes so far back. I can't even track it because I started reading really young and one of my favorite books one of them was Matilda and oh. you know, the little girl who just like reads all these books voraciously. And that was me. I would go to the library for summer reading program and I would have so many books that I couldn't carry them all. They're like stacked up to Did my Did you chin. have a wagon? Um, sometimes I had a wagon, yeah. but usually it was like arm pile, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> just full of books. And I'd go to the front counter and they're checking me out and I was like, I'm going to read all of these. It's great. And they're like, okay, little girl, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so I think it just, it's just been in me. I, I'm, I am so thirsty to understand mm. things, people, the world, what, what life is. I mean, it's just endless. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, I can't get enough. Yeah. And you've had kind of a, um, a, a journey mm-hmm. to get to so okay so what you're doing right now mm-hmm. Mandy Strait interior designer mm-hmm. that's sort of your title we were talking on a couple shows ago with uh, uh, Sarah Beth Burke who was talking about how her research is like how we're more than our title right so you're an interior designer and you're all these other magical things right. but your journey really was like I mean you went to the Paris you went to the East Coast like tell me what that was for you that yeah it's interesting um it was a journey and what's really amazing I think um 
is that I was allowed a lot of space to follow what I was interested in. My parents weren't like, okay, you're going to be a lawyer, go be one. Or like pick a profession tomorrow, you know, in junior high or even in high school or even in college. They were like, I think maybe... Maybe they saw enough drive in me to go figure it out that they weren't super concerned. But, you know, I Or they knew they couldn't, te- they couldn't or they- tell you. <laughs> okay, that's probably also true. That's probably very, very in true. In a way, you're going to tell yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I, I went to college and I actually got a really big theater scholarship thinking I was going to do that. Um, I had done so much of that in high school. I mean, I, I did competitive theater every Saturday. I would compete in theater competitions. It was, it was a lot Favorite of show. Time. Favorite character that you yourself played? Oh, that I played yes. Anne Frank. Oh, wow. Hands down, Anne okay. Frank. Yeah, I get chills. Um, it was it was wonderful and powerful and just amazing. She, it's there's so much depth there and and so much rawness. I, I mean, it's clearly her diary, right? There's just so much mm. there. And so that's what's interesting to me is diving into a person is like one of the most amazing things that you can do. And so I loved that acting, and I went away and um, you know went away to college in St. Louis and um, was was pursuing that and started realizing I'm spending all of my time being other people and I don't know who I am and Mm. and I don't know what you know in college I don't know that that's necessarily I'm surprised that that was my focus because I really loved theater Um, but there was some realization that it was a little hollow because Mm. I kept um, hiding in the pursuit of other people sure and not grounding into myself and in the that in the aesthetic of that character, right? I mean, you fully enter in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that you had that theater. Mm-hmm. And so, what? Tell me chronologically here. At what point did you make it a year in to school when you decided to no, change majors? I only or? stayed a semester in college for mm-hmm. theater, and then I came back and was like, "Well, what am I going to do with myself?" I went into math and French because I liked them, not because I knew what I was Super doing. Super nerd. With them. Super yeah. nerd. Like. <laughs> Yes, I'm completely, you know, in math class with like three other girls. I was dubbed the girl with the eyebrows by some dude in my calc class. And I was like, thanks, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I I just love math. Math is this beautiful description of the world around us. It's fascinating to me that you can prove something mathematically and then go out and see that it's true in the real world. That blows my mind. Like, I just can't get enough of that. Um, And then French... There, to me, it's like acting. It's this interpretation. It, it's it's a challenge to express yourself through a different medium, right? As a different mm. person in acting, as a different language um, in French or in the language of mathematics. It's this sure. expression of of self, um, that or of the world around you, both mm. at the same time. That is a challenge. And the more you can express it to me, the more you can express that in different mediums, the better you understand it, because you have to talk around it and get to whatever concept you're offering in a different way. Yeah, so your artistry is really entering into these worlds and interpreting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- and that's, that was a big realization for me because I didn't come into interior design knowing that. That's, that's like hindsight 2020, um, knowing that, that that interpretation and that understanding from different perspectives is something that I'm drawn to. Yeah. Um, and it's it was, like a gut thing. It's it, like it something that like it's you're in, just drawn to it. Yes. Yeah. And then you find out later. Right. But you follow that drive, yeah. which you have always known to do, to right. follow the drive. Yeah. Side note, your mom must be amazing. She's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. My mom's great. They what? just, my parents sort of watch me and are like, hey, great. <laughs> I don't understand, but that's really cool for you. <laughs> And they're very good at that. W- when did you get Colorful Sheep? Like, what was the story there? Um, 
oh, I can't, how old was I? It was probably, it was either high school or college. Um, and she was talking to a friend and it was, the thing is my, both of my parents and my sister are very similar. They're all very similar. They like similar things and they really get along well together. Not that I don't get along with them. Of course. Um, but they just, they're just all very similar. And I'm like the weirdo in the family. And so she's talking to someone and said, she, and she relayed the information to me later. And she was talking to someone and said, well, Mandy's, Mandy's a little different than us. We don't call her the black sheep, but she's more like the colorful sheep, you know? And she used to buy Christmas presents for me. She'd go and buy the thing she hated the most. Oh, okay. And that was my Christmas Thinking present. Thinking that was going to work because mm-hmm. it would be the opposite. Yep. yep. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> she must be just raving proud of you now because you have stepped on the stage differently. Mm-hmm. You brought your love for theatrics and, and that drive and that instinct inside of you, and you've taken it on to a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. For yeah. one, let's yeah. talk about your TED Talk. Yeah. This was a couple of years. This happened in June, mm-hmm. and this was here in Denver. Yep, and I think we're three. We're actually at three years now. In wow. June. Mm-hmm. Okay, so everybody, maybe. Well, I'm not going to say everybody. A lot of people think, lot of oh, TED Talk, super great. Love to do a TED Talk. If I had to do a TED Talk, what would this be like a party starter? You know, what would, I, what would my TED Talk be about? Yeah. Yours is very unique and very special to your magic, mm-hmm. which actually you open it up yeah. by talking about magic. I do. But what was the process like leading up to that? Well, um, like auditioning. And yeah. Then- so I was doing it before. I mean, they were they were getting in crowds of three to four thousand people, but they they didn't really have their infrastructure set up quite as well as I know they do now. So my audition was two phone calls, um, submitting a um, an outline, which was pretty rough, and then being accepted fourteen days before going on stage and I didn't have the speech written so I had to write it from the outline which was a mess like it, it all of the order had to be changed in order to make it cohesive and flow make, and, make yeah. flow yes um and you know I had 12 minutes so making sure that all of it fit into 12 minutes and didn't bounce around was very difficult and so I had 14 days to write it to memorize it to make slides for it and Thank God for your theater background. That's exactly it. Because I, you know, I had gone through it over and over and over and memorized, but there's this calmness that I I am trained to have Mm -hmm. on stage. And so when I was on stage, um, Mm -hmm. it was so much about the content and about um, what I knew I was up there to do that it it didn't, um, I, I think... It would have been a problem if I didn't have years of doing that. Yeah, that's amazing. You pulled out that speech in that short a yeah. time. Yeah. So for those of those who are listening, those who are who are watching this, um, tell us about your inspiration, where the visual mantra came from. Yeah, that was. It wasn't one thing. It was actually maybe even just solidified through the conversation, the two conversations that I had with them as the audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one, well, actually, that's not true. I, I um, self-nominated, and I had a couple of people nominate me as well. And so in the self-nomination, that's probably, like, where the first little, I mean, you know, my life kind of built up to getting this concept that is really how I run what I do now. Yes. Um, but writing it in that thing, there was some clarity that came as I was writing mm. in the self-nomination box online. Um, and then in talking with them more, too, it was it just became – you know, and again, I don't say this in the, in the talk because I um, have come to the clear, clarity later, Since. even after the talk, but um, 
they say you're the five people you spend the most time with, but we are also the five rooms we spend the most time in. They are telling us who we are, just wow. like the people that we spend time with. And so, well, again, I didn't have quite that clarity even when I was doing the speech. Having, having, it, it was a developing thing through trying to make the speech um, and talk to them about it before I was accepted uh, to say there's a, there's a tangible difference when we're in spaces that that serve us and when we're not. Yeah, you really pulled out the research um, of the hospital, Mm -hmm. uh, people after surgery. Tell everybody about that. Yeah, so there was a research, I believe it was Minnesota, and it was um, actually done, the research was pulled from past data. So there was no influence of the researchers on the people, anything Mm -hmm. like that, because it was 30-year-old data that was very accurate. And so they took people who had just had... um, I think a kidney kidney transplant or kidney surgery. And um, it was that tight. Like they had enough data that they could say, we're only taking people with the same kind of surgery. Um, it's going to be within the same, you know, certain months of the year. They have to be about the same age. So it was a very, very controlled metadata study. And um, what they found is that after they underwent the surgery, there were two wings to the hospital. One hospital wing had windows that looked out on a brick wall. And one hospital wing had windows that looked out on a grove of trees. And um, the patients that looked out on the trees stayed, on average, a full day less in the hospital. We all know how much that costs. Yes. Um, they used less meds. They were happier. Um, you know, I don't know quite how they measured how they the measured, happiness. Yeah. But um, the other two are, are they highly They were dancing to James Brown by the second day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, even just on recovering patients, it has a huge impact. And, you know, here's the thing that I, I didn't talk about this in the speech either. Um, commercial spaces are using this knowledge against us, for Mm. us, against us, for their own gain. Let's just say it that way. Commercial spaces are using this knowledge for their own gain all of the time. They are using, you know, if you go into a McDonald's, red and yellow are colors that stimulate appetite. They use fast music so you get in and out. It's probably a little bit chillier um, so that you don't really want to sit and camp out. They have hard finishes so it's not comfortable. They're, They're doing everything they can to make you be fast because that's Uh their goal for you, right? Not yours. Um, Department stores want to make you stay longer. So, you you know, we usually have these huge department stores with with lots of square footage, and they, a lot of times, will checkerboard the floors because high contrast on the floors makes it feel smaller, makes it feel more intimate. Uh And so they're doing things to make it feel less generic, whether it is or not, um, and more intimate so that you have, and, and they probably play more engaging music that's, upbeat but also that you want to stick around for you know they're using all of and colors that they use for that as well depending on the department store and what they're going for um but but this this knowledge is being used to other people's gain often and so why is it that that that's an accepted thing in commercial design oh yes we're influencing people this is a the researched accepted thing in commercial design but in residential design it's all fluff and it's all fun and you know it's not necessary and, yeah. and it's just not as important the minute you get it into your home except we spend so much more time here yes. and we could make it whatever we want so that's kind of where i end the talk too is this is our tool and and we can choose to not use the tool which means we're a victim to whatever it is by default yes um or we can choose to make it exactly what we want it to be and to inspire the us that we want to be when we are spending time in those spaces yeah because that was again back to your personal journey I mean this you in your your talk had disclosed how this helped you with your inner work and your depression mm-hmm. and oh, the darkness yeah. that you went through yeah. yeah was creating these aesthetic spaces and the power of that mm-hmm. to 
make the inside. Yeah. When I was little, I would move around my room, the furniture in my room, uh-huh. you know, every two weeks or something. And my mom, my parents thought I was crazy. And I'm in elementary school. No, uh, maybe I don't necessarily remember doing it in elementary, but definitely in middle school. And my parents would come down and be like, how did you move that dresser? And I was yeah. like, well, you know, I like jammed into the yeah. corner because it had to be done. I just couldn't take it yes, anymore. I know that feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. like the mothers that lift the cars up off their kids. Exactly. The adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is I can't jamming my frequencies exactly. in the space. Exactly. Um, that, you know, you had talked about this and I want to quote from your, from your TED talk, being a victim of unintentional spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this so much happens where we, you know, we we go into like a, let me think of a store. I'm not even going to go home goods because they have some classy things. But like a Bed Bath & Beyond or a Big Lots mm-hmm. or, and they have just this canned, you know, a pillow for the functionality sake of having a pillow. Right. So it's like style, function, style over function. How would you... Let's just let's just break this down and think about this. Like, mm-hmm. let's say being a victim of unintentional spaces. I have friends. You have friends mm-hmm. who like my aesthetic. Mm-hmm. They like you know they like that things might be bright and happy in my house, and they want to feel that too. But they feel like they need to have somebody else do it for them. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they can't access whatever magic mm-hmm. is happening here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what would you say? What do you say to your friends that find themselves in that victim-y place? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to match colors, or I don't know how to, I don't know where to find that textile, or I, like, what would be some, some process that you walk people through in that? Yeah, the, the very, very first thing that I would say is that, and I don't do shoulds, but you got to stop thinking there's a right way to do it, because yes. there's not a right way. The right way is you tapping into what it is you want, and so... Uh-huh. The, the number one mistake that I think people make is thinking that there's a, a right way, measuring themselves against what they saw somewhere else or, um, you know, the perfection of the space or how well it was pulled together. Um, the, and the second thing that comes right on the heels of that is that I'm, I'm a strong believer in intrinsic design work instead mm. of extrinsic. So extrinsic would be like, I say, okay, I'm going to do my whole house in French country. Okay, right. well, I'm, I'm designing for a label. That has nothing to do with me. Yes. It's separate from me. We all want Magnolia houses or exactly. the, the farmhouse style that's right. gone hot. Right. And, and there's nothing wrong with saying I like farmhouse. What's much more powerful is finding the intrinsic reason why you like that. So, mm. um, you know, for farmhouse, an example, it could be I love that it feels raw. I love that it feels um, hand-touched. I love that it yeah. feels um, intimate and down home you know like what are the and like chip Gaines built it yeah exactly and you've got that (laughs) mental yeah exactly yeah and but you know it's if you love farmhouse you don't love farmhouse you love how farmhouse makes you feel and if you can focus on the feeling that's the powerful part in starting to do this for yourself you know even if you don't want to work with a designer you don't need me what you need is some help tapping into that thing that Mm. you already have how important is it to define your style? I th- I would say very actually, mm-hmm. and and I'm coming off of the heels of saying you know don't don't do it extrinsically, but I think it's extremely important to define your your intrinsic style, style because this. there's a lot of power in putting words to things. Yes. So taking a feeling and a and a thought like a oh, you know taking that and translating it into words makes it 
makes it fire on all your body cylinders, right? Yes. It makes it much more clear to you if you can put words to it. It doesn't matter what they are. It could, and it only has to matter, it makes sense to you. You know, your words could be elephant circus. And if that clarifies what you want for your home in your mind and yes. like this thing that you're trying to get to, yes. that's what you're going for. It doesn't matter what other people think about it. And there's no place in the world that needs that more than your home. Oh, exactly. You're there if all you the time. If you can do that in your home. Right. So what's your style? What, what's your defined? I'm a little bit in transition. Um, Which I love because yeah. you allow yourself to be, right? Oh, yeah, 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 We're yeah. Always it's always dynamic. Yeah, and that that's, to me, also, that's a very successful way to look at design. This is not something that you do, and it's supposed to be, supposed to be that way for 10 years, and if you don't love it for 10 years, you did it wrong. That's not yes. the right way to do that either. Right. Um, the right way to do it is to say, you know what? I bought this pillow three months ago, and it served something for me, and mm -hmm. I don't like it anymore, so I've clearly gotten what I needed from it, and I'm moving on. Like you were saying, your brown boots. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, I was just saying. I'm purging my shoes because I need more fun shoes Guys, you, need to, you need to see Mandy's boots it's, it's not so well in the shot but um it's, <laughs> they are like yeah. Judy Jetson and mm -hmm. Joan Jett yeah gem. yes like, gem yeah mm -hmm. fabulous I love the gold yeah um mine I have realized the like you said the evolution mm -hmm. of it right yeah. there are times when I'm I just go crazy. Like I was telling you, I got the kids' dress from Target the mm -hmm. other day. It was mm -hmm. an extra large, mm -hmm. so I could fit it and yeah. wear it. But it was like too much. Like part, it's kind of like when Kim Kardashian went like into her grown-up look. Yeah. Do you remember how she used to be in style? Yeah. Where it was like really edgy and mm -hmm. kind of crazy and maybe a little more 80s. I don't know how to describe that aesthetic, but then she just went like total glam mode, yeah. like the Kanye, yeah. you know, Kim. Yeah. And so for me, I love around in my home and even what I wear, I try to be this fairy globe. It's a, it's a global fairy rave. Mm, I love <laughs> that. Oh, my God. And that word for me, like elephant circus, you yeah. know, is like I can feel it mm, 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 yeah. mm, in my body. And uh -huh. it makes me so happy. It brings right. out that intrinsic. It makes me go, like it makes me want to sing yeah. and it makes me want to go crazy with color and be more bold because that's what I'm doing in my life right now yeah. that's what my world is about right and then when you stumble feeling like that in your life your home is reminding you of that yes so that you wake up in the morning and you're like oh yeah I'm doing a fairy rave today yes. and like it just yes. reminds you to do that thing that's so powerful yeah pops so of powerful. yellow like I'm really into pops of yellow mm, right now yeah. in managing that the vibration of yellow yeah. can't be too much it's like too much red you know uh -huh. Uh -huh. But I'm I'm playing with that because what I see, and you call it a visual mantra. Mm -hmm. Why a visual mantra? So mantra is a repeated instrument of thought. It's something that is used as a tool to basically just redirect your mind. We Our monkey mind goes everywhere, right? Sure. And we get distracted very easily, especially anymore because our attention spans are even shorter. But you know, if, if I want to look here and my mind's like, uh, then a visual mantra or a mantra in general, if I'm repeating something to myself, like say it's happy. Um, if I'm like, okay, I'm focusing on happy. Uh, no, happy, happy, uh, happy, doing happy. And if you don't have that and I'm like, uh, oh, I don't know. I just kind of want to feel kind of good. And, uh, and then I forget and I can't refocus myself. And it's an important mm. part of learning. If we're, if we're creating the neural pathways in our brain, it takes repetition. And without redirecting and saying, no, 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 I'm using this neural pathway. This is what I'm creating. 
without doing that, we get distracted and we don't get back to it and we don't create that new neural pathway. We go back to the rut that we've created before. Mm -hmm. So mantra is super important, whether it's visual or otherwise. And visual was about how our spaces serve as that. And, and like you said, our homes are so powerful because we spend so much time in them and not only so much time, but we're doing so many different things. You and I, we're working here, you know, you're sleeping here, you're waking up here, you're watching movies, you're spending intimate time with your partner, you're, you're spending time with your kids. If you have them, you know, all of these things are, are different facets of yourself mm-hmm. and if your home can't speak to those you're not energizing those facets and so they start to not be fed you have a process for this and I and I and I'm sure that it's evolved but I'm just going to note what others can see in your TED talk mm-hmm. and there's three steps mm-hmm. and it's the three D's yes tell me the three D's again because oh, that was really powerful and resonant do you remember I do I wrote Good. them down <laughs> determine define delete yes yes so, yes so so um Determine is about tapping into your intrinsic. So it's figuring out what it, how it is you want to feel. And it's not, again, determine is not about the extrinsic and finding a label that's outside of you. It's about learning what it is you love to be around mm. and what you want to stimulate. So that's determine. And that um, can sometimes be visceral, like mm-hmm. sensorial. Mm-hmm. Like oh, what absolutely. is that? It's an activation, yeah. right? Yeah. When you know, like you determine, like when I'm like, like this, like I saw this pillow. And I was like, ah, like this yeah. is everything in my life. It's, it's, it's yeah. embroidered. It's got some of that ornate Chinese yeah. thing, the Asian, yeah. this. So I determined when I see this, mm-hmm. I have to have this in my space. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's going to be. And that's the thing is that you, you go at it because you see that and you're like, oh, yeah, got to have that, you yes. know? And that's what you want to be initiated off of. So if you, if you have problems determining, that's what you want to look for is that thing that you come across, whatever it is. And, and maybe it's not a pillow or a sofa or a piece of art. Maybe it's something that doesn't necessarily, it's not a decorating something. It could be anything, but you want to find that thing that gets you excited. And you mm. said, global fairy rave. Yes. The feeling that that makes in you, that you want to have that feeling that feels oh, excited. Yes. And, and, um, don't, you know, don't worry about how it's going to integrate into your house if it's not a house thing. That's not, that's not the important part. Um, so if you can find those things and you can, and we should come back to that because I have a kind of a cool way to do that. Um, but if you can find those, then the define is, um, giving it words because it is really important that you have a concise way that you get yourself back there. Descriptors. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. X marks a spot. Exactly. Mark an X on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And what was our last D? And then, and then, you know, define and then, oh my God, delete. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't make this new thing until you delete. Yeah. Hanging on to things that are old and stinky yes. and stale yes and how they really vibrate in your space they, they affect us yes and and old stinky and stale can is completely um subjective you know that's not something i could have something that you love and to me i'm like oh, i'm so over that and that's fine mm-hmm. the point is that you need to recognize for yourself yeah that you're over it and that you need to move on um you know that it's something you've already gotten the benefit from that thing, whatever it is, and and you're ready to make room for the benefit of a new thing. Because if you don't keep making room for it, you're going to stagnate with I that. Keep, I keep going back to this this notion, this, this concept that things in our physical space are meant to work as influencers. Mm-hmm. They're influencers totally spe- themselves, mm-hmm. whether it's color or fabric or, mm-hmm. um, you know, flowers. Yeah. But beauty... They are influencers for beauty. And what does beauty do for us? Oh, my gosh. It's transformative. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what was your other thing with the pillow? 
you were like, I um, need to come back yeah, to this. So, so here's, I have this cool thing that I'm starting to do. I'm starting to do this thing I'm calling Design About Town. Ooh, and I go okay. around and I go to restaurants, mostly restaurants and bars. Um, and I film, you know, okay, let's talk about what the look is here and what's working and maybe what's not working. Um, but let's talk about the combination of elements that are coming together to create this space. Like you just walk in and talk to business owners? Um, I don't even necessarily talk to them. <laughs> I just kind of walk around and film. Oh, um, you're filming. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, well, yeah. Like fun. I'll do it Facebook Live or or I'll do it pre-recorded either Got way. It. But it's a video and I'm like walking people who are watching through and saying, here are the pieces that work together in here. And the benefit mm. to that is that you can use, this is another way, you know, you went out and found your pillow and that's wonderful, but if people feel stuck doing that part, you can go to places that you like going to. There's a reason you like going there. Yeah. So go there and start putting words, start doing that defined step, start putting words to what it is that works for you there. Ooh, okay, like here's a restaurant that's my favorite restaurant. Why do I feel good here? Mm-hmm. And you can start using other spaces that you don't have to spend money for, maybe the money for a drink, yeah. um, that you don't have to spend mon- money for as a learning process to figure out what it is you want in your home before you start going out and buying things. What do you call these? Design around Design town. about town. Design about town, yeah. Mm-hmm. What, is there anything worse than bad style? <laughs> I would say unintentional is worse than bad, yes. But that's the problem, right? Yeah. So much of it is unintentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to the spot, it was actually an Alaskan um, kind of bar and grill. Mm-hmm. And because it was Alaskan bar and grill, it was like all things Alaska. Yeah. And it was just... Yeah. I don't know if you ever feel this way, but when I go into a space, I'm like crying at the potential of it. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> completely I feel that way. I'm like, why didn't you just do this one extra thing? You just, yeah. If you just were to put yeah. a plant in the corner. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about plants? What's oh, your take on essential. plants in the house? Completely essential. And I have to tell you, this is a new one for me because I suck at them. Okay. Um, and I, I kill them pretty easily. Uh-huh. Um, but I have realized in the past maybe two years – Nope, I'm going to say three years, um, just how vital they are. Mm. I mean, you you take a space with no plants and you put in two, and the whole space feels more alive. I mean, literally, it's more alive. And what's interesting to me about plants, I think that our body resonates with them in a really important way because our, our subconscious brain is taking in that they're growing, they're changing, they're shedding leaves, they're, you know, all of those things that we do as humans in a longer time frame, mm-hmm. our brains are seeing echoed in plants. And it, that's soothing. Our, our brains like self-similar things. Yes. And so it's soothing to see those. And it's also, um, you know, a little bit affirming. Like, oh, you shed those leaves. I got to shed a few leaves too. Absolutely, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're living little creatures. I mean, I, the crazy plant lady, you know, trend has come around like mm-hmm. on Instagram and on, you know, there's little, there's like things you can get in your house now, uh, banners, you know, embroidered banners, crazy plant lady. Like I people are that. crazy cat lady. There's a crazy plant lady. Yeah. I have about 40 in my home. That's awesome. And I'll tell you my experience of having plants aesthetically, stylistically, obviously like, it's like put a plant on it. Uh-huh. You know, yes, like totally. if you like it, put a <laughs> put plant, a plant on, on it. it. I love that. We're and I, dance to that later. yeah, I mean that to me it, it is a cure-all, it, mm-hmm. having plant there. But also, there's something about when the plant's going through things. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what you want. Uh-huh. I don't know what is needed here. Yeah. But it forces me to be aware. Exactly. And to respond. Mm-hmm. And if I can be that way in my space as a whole, mm-hmm. um, more aware and more responsive to yeah. what the space is needing, not just, you know, I need to clean my sink out. Sure. 
which I do need to clean my sink out. I, I don't always have clean dishes on podcast day. Um, but, you know, but actually like the flow. So what is your take on the flow of space or ancient traditions? Like, are you into feng shui? Is there mm-hmm. merit to some of these ancient practices of yeah. flow? Yeah, I have read a lot about feng shui. I'm, I'm not certified to do feng shui. Um, to me, it seems grounded in some very just inherent things about us Mm -hmm. and I think it's very important now I can't necessarily speak to the more technical aspects of it and your birthday and the cardinal directions for me it's for me the way that I use it now um, is an awareness of of flow so that when you walk into a space um, energy doesn't get deadened in a corner or because our we inherently don't want stagnant Right. Right. And so um, if there's a corner that has nothing going on, there's no reason for my brain to interact with that corner, then it's sort of this terrible little stepchild that I'm trying to ignore. But it's like I can't really ignore it because it's, you know, there and dead and dragging me down. And it starts to move through the whole room. It does. If you have a dead corner, I mean, talk about corners, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. People or any space that's like avoided Mm -hmm. or like papers. Yeah. Yeah, and, and here's another on. one that's re- yeah definitely papers that when you dump because because piles of stuff papers included um, are are unmade decisions and so the fact that you walk in and your mm. brain is told here are a bunch of things I need to decide on that's that your brain is like oh overload yeah because you know what's I don't even know we can only make so many decisions in a day and I don't know if they have a number on that but they, you can only make so many and then you, they call it decision fatigue. Um, and wow. you can't keep making them, which is why now on we have so many decisions to make in our daily lives that websites are getting easier. And, you know, you go to a website now and it's not like info. Yeah. It's like scroll, scroll. click here or click here. Yes. I have two options. Right. Right. And so um, having piles of stuff is just telling your brain, oh, you have more to do. You have more to do. You're behind, mm-hmm. you know. And then the other thing that that is really important is that um, I find a lot of times there are spaces like an entryway or a hallway that are completely unaddressed and like they'll put people put like a table there or like they put one thing there but it's not enough to interact with okay um especially especially if like spaces that are transitory transitive spaces that are between Mm -hmm. one and another if you don't give your brain a reason to exist in that space you want to avoid it so what I try to do is is you you want to find a way to create interaction a lot of times that's you know if you get a a console table and you put a little poof underneath it or a little stool that like just shoves underneath it maybe you never sit there ever but your brain is like I could have an like an existence in this space I could exist here and stay here and not feel like I'm standing around trying to figure out what to do with myself it allows Mm. you to be there and so I think if you don't have that, the, you know, so going back to feng shui, the energy just sort of races through it and it's too fast and it's, it's a little bit jarring. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So you kind of just want to be aware of how it's, how your mind pulls you through a space. Oh, what's over there? I want to go there. But I'm, mm. I'm invited to go there, not forced to. Or, you know, that's, it's about, it's the same as human interaction. You know, on my, um, on my website, I've got like my, or principles or whatever and one of them is that everything yes. is it's all one thing yes tell me some of those mm-hmm. okay because those are amazing on yeah. your website it's mandystraight.com yeah it right is. yeah mm-hmm. uh, which I'll have all the links and you guys can engage with Mandy mm-hmm. uh, but you have so clearly mm-hmm. these core values yeah and tell me t- the one that you were just about to say yeah so that one is it's all one thing and um there's a quote by da Vinci 
that I hope I get right that is um, – He won't mind. He's dead. Yeah, exactly. He won't even know. Um, it's something like learn learn to see, understand that everything is all connected or – oh, I'm totally saying that wrong. Anyway, it's about how everything is connected. It's all the same. It's all the same thing. Mm. And so to me, you can learn um, – if, if I have a stagnant space in my life, in my house, where do I have a stagnant space in my life that Girl, that's yes. echoing? Oh, You know, know and we can learn so much from that. You said something earlier that, um, oh, I'm not going to remember now, that made me think of that exact thing, that you look around your, your house and you realize, or, oh, it was plants. Yes. Those plants yes. that that they have something wrong with them, and it's like, oh, what's wrong with you? I don't yes. know what to do. And I do that if if that's how I react to my plants being sick, that's how I react to myself being in an uncomfortable, unfamiliar place. Like, oh, what am I gonna do? What do I need? Yeah. You know. But the minute you start being like, okay, plant, your leaves are yellow. Yeah. Maybe that means this. And I start to do the same with myself. Okay, I'm a little tired, and I'm kind of oh, I'm kind of frustrated about that thing. I didn't realize that. And I just start paying attention. Mm. You know, just like anywhere else in my life. It benefits me here. That's a big part of your platform is designing Huge. for emotional health mm-hmm. for men. Mm-hmm. So here's my – I just, as you were talking about this, I imagined how mental we are, right? Mm-hmm. Like like literally mental when we come in the house, our brains, yes, you know, we're on yes. – we've been on social media all day or we've been on Probably emails all day. Walking yeah, in walking in the house, <laughs> replying yeah. to this text. You know, I always yeah. voice – I'm the voice person. Mm-hmm. I'm like – what time, period, question mark. I'm always, <laughs> yeah. I'm always adding punctuation, uh, speaking aloud punctuation because I yeah. need it on my um, – but we're, we're so mental and we walk into our space. What is the most powerful, effective thing that we could do in our space to help us move from mental mm-hmm. to Yeah, emotional? I think the first thing would be transition. So if you don't come in your – it's like two things that just glaringly come to mind. That if you don't come in your front door, you need to make sure that the transition that we talked about in your front space from yeah. one space to another happens in the back. So if you have, if you're going from your garage, and you know, a lot of times that walks we into do. a laundry room or a mud room, yeah. that's not always very pretty. And you're you're like shooting yourself in the foot right from the get go. And I get that laundry rooms, mud rooms are not necessarily pretty. Do something. Don't feel like you have to just rewrite history or the, I was going to say rewrite the wheel. (laughs) Don't you think you have to reinvent the wheel here um, and like, oh, well, I can't have my laundry room here. I have to move it across the house. You know, no. Give yourself something awesome to look at. Just start Mm. there. Like what's the wall that you walk into when you come in the door? Put something that makes you feel like your pillow makes you feel when you walk in the door. Right. Start there. And then maybe figure out how to have less visible piles. Maybe, you know, like – do something that allows you to walk into your space and go, because even if you don't take the time to do that, your brain notices it. Mm, yes. And that's the thing is becoming more aware mm-hmm. what we can create in our physical spaces will um, allow that shift to happen mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. Um, yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, me, I come in through my garage, mm-hmm. which I hate mm-hmm. because it's a garage. It's a garage. But I painted the door black oh, yeah. so that my daughter could chalkboard on it. Great. And then I hung like this felt colorful ball, um, above, cause I always love things above a doorway. Yeah. Like that's my, that. I'm just, that's the fairy global, global fairy rave in me, you know, uh-huh. just get give swings for the fairies, you know, make a big swing for the fairies. Yeah. That's but great. you know what it is like when that on my door, it pounds shut. It's like a fire door. Mm. What is that with garage doors? You yeah. know how they're supposed to be heavy. Yep. And it's like every time I walk in, it's like, boom. And so I've been working on a spring for that, but also that's where my kids put all their stuff. Mm-hmm. Just and like here, dumped. but I, I need to stop you there because that's, you just said something that's super powerful. It's not just what you're looking at. It's what you hear. 
And so a lot of times I'll ask my clients, if your home was perfect, if we got to the point where your home was just the perfect way you wanted to be for now. Yeah, right. <laughs> until you shift. <laughs> um, and you come into your home after a long week, it's Friday, and you open the door, and you just know that your home is exactly the way you want it to be, and you close your eyes, what do you hear? And this is not, this is not like literally what do you hear? Oh, I hear the yeah. cat meowing. This is like, what is that thing, that, that thing that we were talking about right here, your intrinsic whatever, mm. what's the sound manifestation of that? Because it's so important, you know, if you're realizing the slam of my door really, you know, Jug, doesn't yeah. make it jars me. It doesn't make me feel good. Another thing too that I find a lot is that when there's an echo in a house, it feels cold because you feel this like, like it feels empty, which makes your brain feel a little bit like, oh, it's empty and it's not inviting. And, you know, so sound auditory cues are, are easily as important as visual ones. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I cannot, and, and same with smell. Oh, I can't always I mean, have smell possibly bread. even more so, yeah. right? Because I, don't they say that smell is the most, in, like, yeah. just ingrained sense? Something with that nerve, maybe, because yeah. it goes right up through the middle of yeah. the olf- olfactory nerve. I think mm-hmm. I'm saying that right to the doctors listening. Yeah. Um, so you were telling me that, okay, so maybe, I don't even know when I first contacted you and said, I need help with wallpaper. Yeah. I had this desire. Mm-hmm. I want, I have this huge accent wall and I have these vaulted, this vaulted ceiling mm-hmm. and it's just out of control. It's like when you said space, mm-hmm. it's too much space mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. eyes get totally lost in it. Yeah. And so, um, so I thought, well, I'm going to put some wallpaper on this and make this more cozy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I hear my dogs coming in. Yeah. Are the dogs here? Yeah. Oh, they're not going to like that. They might start barking. Let's just let the dogs in. They're okay. They can come in. Oh my gosh, they're going to jump. They're going to be on our video because they're going to jump on the couch. Do you want to let them in outside? Just let them outside? Hi, Danny. This is my dog, Danny. Hi. Pets in the house. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. If you like them, right? That's super personal. Yeah. The personality of the pet, what kind of pet. Yeah, you have to like the pet that yep. you have lived with you. Just yeah. like you have to like the person that you have lived right, with you. Right, <laughs> exactly. So important. <laughs> another podcast for another day. Yeah. Um, wallpaper. Back yes. to this. So mm-hmm. I really was like, I want to warm this up. And then became the maddening, how do I decide? Mm-hmm. And I still haven't decided because I was telling you I'm afraid that if I put something up there, I'm not going to like it a little week later because I am always changing my mind. And yeah. I really own that part about me that I am always changing my mind. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to more permanent mm-hmm. style or more permanent style decisions? Well, I would say, one, it's really smart of you to know yourself and not to make that wrong. It's not wrong for you to say, I change my mind a lot because right. if you get something, you shift, that's more healthy than trying to stay with something that doesn't serve you anymore. So one, know that, know, know thyself and yes. figure out if that's, if, if a long-term commitment is maybe not, I, really it's a budget thing, right? If it costs two bucks for you to sure. wallpaper your wall, you'd go for it. So weighing out um, yourself against your budget um, would be number one. Wait, is there such a thing as $2 wallpaper? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Cause <laughs> no. I even meant like if you could just pay two bucks and get the whole thing wallpapered, you'd of be course. good to go. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I think there's there's an inquiry that can happen. Well, the thing that I was going to say to you is um, saying you don't know yet is a valid answer. That's mm. that's an answer. Like, sure, you haven't decided what to do with it. That's your answer right now. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be yes or no are not the only two answers. Um, not yet. That's powerful. Not ready. Still looking. 
Because how much yeah. money have we just thrown exactly. away because we're so impatient exactly. with our spaces? Exactly. Like we saw it on HGTV, I need to have that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, and that money really needs to be going into other places. Right. But we get real impatient yeah. with style. Yeah, yeah. And I think the last thing with that is um, if if you're realizing, and you did a good job of, of really vocalizing what the problem was, if you're realizing, I don't like it, I need it to change, say why. What, what's not working for me, which you did well. And then if you're saying, okay, I'm just not sure if I'm ready to commit to this, can you put that to words too? Why mm-hmm. I'm worried that I'm going to change my mind. Why am I worried I'm going to change my mind? Well, I do it all the time. Okay, what is it about this that would make me likely to change my mind more quickly than you know I'm willing to do for the cost of it? Well, that's why I love. That's why I love how or how I love how style is like self discovery. Yeah, style yeah. is the ultimate self-discovery yeah because you're figuring out like you said that intrinsic what's happening here and the most amazing thing in life is seeing something in your outer world that is a yes that is showing yeah and a clear pure channel with what's in here yeah it's so true I mean you know if you've heard of the the golden mean the ratios of things that we are just innately no, drawn what to. is this? So the golden mean is, uh, I believe it's like three-sevenths or something, four-sevenths. I is should this know. a math thing? Yeah, it, it is, but it's an architecture thing. Okay. And so classical architectural buildings were built with the golden mean, not just in mind, but literally shaped by the golden mean. And that's, you know, the distance from my fingertips to my elbow um, compared to the my fingertips to my shoulder, That's that would be the golden mean. This number compared to the whole. Yes, it's a okay. ratio. Um, and, and it boils down to a number, but having the relationship of that number within things, we have that in us, right? I've got it there. I've got it. There's some, there are Symmetry, like a million on harmony. your face. Yeah, about having that sort of ratio. And when we look out and see self-similarly, we see that elsewhere in our buildings. Plants have it innately. They have that kind of golden mean um, ratio within them. Mm. Um, when we look out and see that self-similar thing, our bodies are like, oh. You know, so actually, um, I went to, I've been learning quite a bit about neurolinguistic programming. Okay. And one of the pieces in that is to, um, to mirror someone that you're with to get some rapport, right? Like if I want to meet you and I want to know you better, the best way for me to do that is kind of sit the way that you're sitting. And it's not, what's funny is I think people don't notice a lot that when, when you do that. So it feels sort of copycat at the beginning, but then you start to feel this rapport that you're creating by being on the same page and being self-similar with someone that both of you feel more connected um, within that. And so we feel more connected with our world and with our surroundings when we make it self-similar. And here's the powerful part. This, this is like the key right there is if we say, I want to be more like this and we make our environment like that, our body innately tries to be more like that. Our body tries to be self-similar to that thing that we're seeing. Mm -hmm. It's, it's priceless. Like, all you have to do is say, I want to be more like this. I'm going to make my space. I'm getting goosebumps. I'm going to make my space more like that. And that way, my body will be just attuning to that, even when I'm not paying attention to it. That's amazing. And that's why, before we started, I had to close my eyes mm-hmm. because my I have a mound of clothes upstairs <laughs> from the past two weeks of my life yeah. that are just like this. Uh-huh. And it's representative of my inner workings right right now of the things that in the projects and the things Mm -hmm. you know and my goal today after we record here is to handle Mm -hmm. those clothes because of the energetics of it yeah because you want to reflect something different to yourself yes Mm -hmm. and part of it is for me and I don't know if it's like this for you as a creative Mm -hmm. but I love messy yes so actually 
this is a big discovery that I've had in the past two months. I mean, this is really recent that I've had this discovery is that I've always been a pretty messy person. Uh Um, and it's, it's really a conscious struggle for me to, to be better. And it's funny when people ask me, Oh, can you help me organize? And I'm like, Oh girl, (laughs) no, no, no. I am not a real simple mag subscriber. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I have some good tips because I've worked so hard at it because it's just so hard for me. Right. Yeah. But, um, but what's interesting is that I realized recently that I have this story that um, a home that's too perfect isn't lived in. And mm. and I don't, I, I remember thinking that when I was a kid, that my parents would be like, we just pick up your stuff. And I was like, I want my house to look lived in. And so there was this, this story that I have compounded upon myself, yeah. that if everything's picked up and neat, it looks um, sterile. Mm. And so there's, there's a different way for me to write that, <laughs> that maybe allows yes. for it not to be sterile, but also allows for me to be more neat and tidy, which I am doing. Like it's actually, there are some innate ways that I just, I don't have to think about anymore that I'm mm. like, well, of course I would do that. It just makes more sense. It's easier. It's, you know, and it starts to become more habit and I'm not great at it yet. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. say that, but it Ask starts to become easier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> Well, he's worse than me, so well, yeah. Well, that's good. You paired yourself good, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah, so that was really a powerful thing to realize in in that I was resisting this thing that I kept telling myself I wanted. Yeah. Because I didn't realize all of the associations that I had made with it. It's deeper. Mm-hmm. It goes deeper. Yeah. yeah. For me, when you were speaking, I had this huge awareness, mm-hmm. and the awareness is, I don't ever want to be done with something. Yes, 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 yes. I never, I don't want, yes. I don't like the feeling of complete. Exactly. And it's uncomfortable. I think I need to like it. Yes. Like I'll write and journal about, I just want to be complete. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if I'm complete, then where's the fun in that? Then what? Yeah, there's some quote about that, about the, the only time you're complete is when you're dead. Which I yes. Need a quote, but yeah, right? I mean, there's no completion until I like just absolutely love the creative process yeah. and I'm just constantly on that, you know, when you see the graph of the creative process, like I always want to be, you know, on the build or at the peak or, you know, kind of, but that part of me that resists being complete. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what my clothes are about. Or purposely I'll leave little stashes around like, and I have a style, I have baskets everywhere of like, things that I'll get at, at thrift shops or things that I'll get. At, I'm not a hoarder. I, yeah. It's very nice. They're very nice baskets. Yeah. At yeah. least I put them in baskets. Mm-hmm. No. Right, right. <laughs> See, you're collecting. That's a collection when you put it in a basket, yes, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like, wow, where will that go someday? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's part of that being in the And process. there's a possibility of not being complete because there's po- – right? Like in, in any math equation, there's potential when something isn't complete. There's potential that's, in it, right? Like a ball that's potential. at the top of a um, a ramp and it's ready to go down. That's potential. Yes. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, I think I feed off of that too, for sure. And I hate roller coasters, but I love that point oh, right before. Yeah. I love the slow click, click, yeah. click, click, click. And I realized that's why, that's my wallpaper issue. Uh-huh. That's the psychology, psychosis behind yeah. my wallpaper is I don't want it to be done. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I think um, I've found too, because I, I definitely have that, don't want it to be done, because there, I think there's something of, of celebrating creative process. And for me, there's also anxiety about, oh, well, if I'm done with this, what's next? Yes. And I don't see what's next yet, because yeah. I'm not there yet. And so then I get anxious about it. And so then if I'm still in this, then I'm, I don't have to be in the unknown yet. Absolutely. Yeah. I am getting so many juicy nuggets out of this. Um, and a little bit painful. I'm getting a little ow, like... Like my, you know, 
soul's like, yes, you really need to work on this. <laughs> I know, like, I know. Big, you know, circle, red circle around that yeah. for mastery. Yeah. Um, so we have talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I have some notes here. And I think that, um, I don't know, I just, I always like when I am with somebody who understands weird. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I just yeah. really kind of like bow to you on your ability to bring weird into people's spaces and celebrate mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. What is the weirdest thing in your space at this moment? What's your latest weird? That's a great question. Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, because I haven't been focusing on my space recently because I, I kind of did some stuff on it and then felt, you know, complete enough and, and focused on different things. But right now... Um, it's probably this art piece that I did. And mm-hmm. I do art because I'm kind of picky about it and I can't really afford any that I think is good enough. Of course. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so, it's I mean, terrible. you could do Etsy, you can do eBay, yes. and it's like you spend five days and you still don't yes. find something. Yes, yes. And I, I know what I like in artwork. Um, not that it's a narrow band, it's a very wide band, but um, I know when I like it and mm. I really hate it when I don't like it. I just can't live with it. Yeah. Um, so I've started making my own. Um, mm, and, and it's not like I'm great at it. Yeah. Um, we, well, I make it like this fun thing. So like my partner and I and his daughter will get together, we'll watch eighties movies and we'll okay. put sheets all over the floor and we'll paint. And, and the whole point, and like, this was actually, I think really important for her to see and for me to do is the whole point is that it's not perfect. The whole point is that I'm doing this and I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I don't, I don't know how to do art. Um, but I'm doing it in any way. Yes. And it's an experiment and it's an exploration and I'm letting that be uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to try to do artwork because I want it to be awesome and I want to put it up on the wall and walk past it and love it. And I would love to sell it and make $3 million. You know, like, of course, I would love all those things. So there are all these sort of expectations that I'm managing. Going to the canvas. Exactly. That I'm like, you know what? None of that matters. I'm just doing this for fun, you know. And so we do that. Um, and and then if we don't like them, the next time we paint over the just same paint over canvas. Them. That's the thing. Yes, and for that to be okay is is like a practice for me. Yeah. I think it was good for his daughter to see too. Of like, it's okay if it's not right. That's not what we're we're not going for right. We're going for a fun experience. Um, so I have mm, this piece that I that's just your did. quote. We're not going for right. We're going for a fun yes. experience. Yes, and that's totally your house in general. That is exactly it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yes, so much more about so that. So I'll buy some of your art. Um, it's, I'll be your first customer. That's cool. I, I'll have to figure out which one I'm willing to sell because I really, the ones that I've kept, I really like. Um, this one actually it needs one more thing on it, and I'm scared to do it because I love it the way that it is, uh-huh. but I know that it's missing something, um, and, and I'm scared to do it and mess it up, but it needs it, okay. so I need, to, I need to do that. That's probably my weirdest thing. I'm looking for a piece above my bed, and I want something. It's like a statement piece. Mm-hmm. You know how cool. this goes. Yep, it's like the mantle. And it's super important. Or above the bed. Yeah. That's everything. Yeah. It's like it's important as the front door. Yeah, exactly. So let's see. We need to land this. Mm-hmm. Un- unfortunately, we can't chat all day. And I don't think everybody has all day to listen or to <laughs> <Probably> watch. <not. laughs> um, by the way, first, I want to ask you, what is the 80s movie? that you most love to paint to? Like what, if, if we want to get a can, go to Michael's, here's your Friday night. Uh-huh. Go to Michael's, get some acrylic, get yeah. some cheap brushes. Yes, which um, is totally what I do. Take out. Wait for the half price canvas sale. Yes, because yeah. mm-hmm. they always have them. Yep. 
And then what movie should I watch? So I think my favorite that I'm going to say is from the 90s, I think. But Pretty Woman is... Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. My sister and I know all the words to that You thing. do. Oh, yeah. So I'm paying... That way, I don't even have to watch it, right? That's kind of the benefit, is of that course. you're not watching movies that you have to watch, yeah. that you just kind of know them. Um, but that's Pretty Woman. What's the line she says when she walks into the store? Big mistake. Big. Huge. Huge. And she, like, holds up the bags. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Was it you that I talked to yesterday? Big mistake. <laughs> Big, huge. With the shades. She has the yeah. Audrey thing going on. Oh, okay. So um, so for everybody listening, mandystraight.com mm-hmm. and tell us if they go to your website, if they follow you, what is your handles? How can they follow you online? Yes. Uh, uh, Facebook is Mandy Straight Inc. Inc. Instagram. Uh-huh. Uh, Instagram is Mandy underscore straight. Okay. So that's easy to find. Twitter, I'm not really on there a whole lot. Yeah. So you can follow me, but I'm not really that active. You're um, not tweeting. Or I have it kind of, I have it sort of tweeting for me. She don't tell me. Uh-huh. Anyone. Yeah. Super secret. Yeah. None of us are doing that. Nobody does yeah. that ever. The <laughs> auto thing. Um, but yeah, Instagram and, and Facebook okay. for sure. You could find me. And um, and I'll I'll have links to the interior doc stuff soon. Which yes. Is great. So next for you, so we'll, we'll have, the, tell us about the interior doc again. Yeah. The, the plan is to have. Have, um, and I'm still hashing out some of the details, but the plan is to do two times a month a call, and it'll be an hour, at least at this point, um, and it'll be a limited number of people, so between six and ten, and I'm going to feel out what the really the best ratio of that is. Um, look for my own golden ratio. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so everyone can get on the call, and we'll do, basically you're getting one-on-one help with me, and you're learning from other people, and you're doing it for like a third of my hourly rate. And so the, what's cool is we're doing a video call, so you can take your computer around and say, well, here's my mantle. Yeah. This is what I'm having problems with. What do I do? Um, and basically through our conversation, me asking you a bunch of questions, um, we can give you some clarity and direction that you can go off and do it yourself. Because I really, this this whole interior doc thing is based around the fact that I think most people can do a lot of this themselves. And I think that a lot of people feel like they can do it themselves, but get really overwhelmed on where to start. Yes. Um, and just can't see the vision. And getting that vision is my favorite part. So this this really taps into my favorite part of what I do anyway. Um, I love that. And it lets me help people in a way that is monetarily manageable and also gives them legs to just run on their own until they need more help style empowerment yes hiring style and that intrinsic style which you champion and I totally love Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here this was too much fun and I feel like we've only talked about a quarter of the things yeah we're gonna have to have you back love it so we can do this and Mm -hmm. um so yeah so look forward to interior doc and following you around Mm -hmm. on your Facebook to find the most stylish restaurants in town. Yeah. The yeah. places that are doing it right. It in out. Denver. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you traveling elsewhere? Are you going to other places? Yeah. I, I you know, I have travel plans. And so it was kind okay. of like, here is a good opportunity for me to learn how to do it now and then to just go do it elsewhere as well. Towns that I would love to do, be with you mm-hmm. in Austin. Ooh, never Portland, been Portland. Never been there either. San Francisco. Love it. These are ones on my radar. And maybe like a Midwest town. Like I've heard Des Moines is really cool. kind of coming alive with some of this, you know, emerging style. That'd be you great. know, like these towns that used to be, you know, just sell, I don't know, cornmeal or something. But yeah. now they are converting these into some places. So you get that cool. vibe of like something, nothing into something. I love you that. know, I love that 
that vibe. Tra- yeah. Transformative spaces. Yeah. All right. So that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for listening. Please come and join the conversation online. Let's see. Let's ask a question that they could engage with, a really juicy style question about their home. Mm-hmm. Is it what's their weirdest thing? Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. And like celebrate it. That's that's one thing I want to say is a really good way to know you're on the right track is that maybe it's that thing you have to whisper. Like I had a friend who I was helping with her design and she said, you know what I really want? And she kind of whispered it and I was like, this is going to be the thing. So what's your thing that you got to whisper? Like what's that thing that you don't, you're afraid to say out loud that you really want in your home? That would be, that's a juicy one. Yeah, because that's that the body's lit up because that's the thing that's like so big you're afraid of it and it and it's weird right because you think your neighbor's gonna think you're crazy yes that's the thing okay so what's that thing that that's gonna bring you from a whisper to a shout if you bring it your space let us know in the comments below or you can head to magiccarpetlife.com join the conversation there remember this before you go there is a higher love at play and it is always working for us Our only job is to be conduits for this love, to be unique about it, keep the channel clear, and stay in joyful anticipation. Thank you so much for being here, and thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week on Magic Carpet Life. I'm Tiffany Josephs, and you've been listening to Magic Carpet Life, the podcast. For the visual version of this, head over to magiccarpetlife.com forward slash the show and then follow me socially on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thanks for tuning in and join me next week for another Magic Carpet Ride.